Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Religion. Religion, by definition, or some loose definition, is the worship, belief, and practice of and under some greater power, a god. Religion is a system that dictates and forms how you live, your behavior, what you do and what you don't do, what you believe, how you think, your worldview, who you worship, who you obey. So based on that, I want to ask you this morning, what is your religion? What is your religion? Well, we've all heard it. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. The term has become pejorative for most people in our day. Even among Christians and even among Orthodox Christians, I'm sort of disappointed that even some of our most illustrious and notable Orthodox writers and theologians have sort of given this word over to uh, what we think of as pharisaical, legalistic religion without, you know, the spirit. I am of the mind that we need to reclaim these words. It's a good word, biblical word, an important word, and I don't think we should be giving these things over, but good people disagree about that. If you're not religious, you really have no rule for your life, no fireplace for the fire, no riverbed for the river. Your spirituality, quote-unquote, burns freely and likewise destroys freely. It goes out rather freely, too. The water of your spiritual life without a riverbed to direct it, it just spreads out over the landscape about two inches deep, leaving stagnant pools and debris in its wake. That's spirituality without religion. There's no structure, no direction, no form to rule your life, no outward concrete boundaries which define the life of spirituality. In becoming orthodox, one of the realizations that many of us have come to is that we need religion. A formless attempt at spirituality just leaves shallow water with stagnant pools and debris. And it's also likely to often burn the house down. So... Many of us could say that in becoming Orthodox, we got religion. But there's not just religion. There's true and false religion. The distinction needs to be made not between religious and spiritual, but between good and bad religion. Our gospel lesson this morning is taken from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And in this, his inaugural sermon, Jesus distinguishes between true and and false religion. In the process, as so often happens in the Gospels, the scribes and Pharisees get roundly criticized as the purveyors of false religion. Jesus tells the crowd that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, the Pharisees, we all know, are sticklers for keeping the rules. Some say that there are about 
613 rules they have to keep. That's a lot of rules. The Pharisees kept them diligently. And yet we are all well aware of how harshly Jesus spoke to them and how he condemned them for actually failing in righteousness. To be righteous like God, to go to heaven and be with God, one has to be like God. Jesus says, if your righteousness does not exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So keeping 613 rules will not make you righteous enough to enter the kingdom of heaven. What else is needed? If keeping 613 rules does not supply the quality or quantity of righteousness to get you into heaven, maybe we need another few hundred rules to tack on. Maybe that'll do the trick. Well, before we answer what else is needed, let's be very clear that Jesus required the keeping of the law for the sake of righteousness. Even after his atoning death in the new covenant, we are to keep those rules which still pertain to true religion. Some of the rules of the old law, which were merely symbolic, have been abrogated. But the rules and structures and expectations, dare I say obligations, of the law have not been done away with. All right, back to what else is needed to the 613 rules. I think we all know. We all know what is needed because we've all been taught, those of us that were raised in Christianity, we've been all taught from the youngest age that what is needed is the right interior disposition to go along with the outward forms. We are taught this as Christians from our childhood. Now some have made the mistake of thinking that true religion meant no religion at all. Just spirituality. Get rid of all the rules and all the forms and all the obligations. Let's just try and have a right inner disposition. But for us as Orthodox Christians, we are after religion. True and good religion. That's what we're seeking. True religion is to offer the sacrifice of worship. It is to fast and pray, to give tithes, to feed the hungry, to abstain from sin and sexual immorality and impurity. It is for us to conform to the rules of the group and to do it all with the right inner disposition. That's what true religion is. So if you want to know what to do, that's what you're supposed to be doing. If you do all the stuff without the right interior disposition, you have false religion. If you try and have the right interior disposition without obedience, you have no religion, just, I don't know what to call it, the God of self, maybe. As we have pointed out many times, the requirements of the new law are more stringent than the requirements of the old law. The 613 commandments really are a cakewalk compared to what is required of us now in the new covenant. Then they could not murder somebody. Now we can't even call somebody a fool in our heart without being considered guilty of murder. Now what I just said is not completely accurate. The people of the old law were also expected to have the right inner disposition. The old law also required love and mercy. But the true significance of the interior change in man, the real 
profound power and transformation of man did not become clear, did not become clear until the new Moses, Jesus Christ, came and gave the new law, the law of love, a new commandment. I give unto you love one another. Now that's not really a new commandment. It's not as if people were not supposed to be loving one another in the Old Testament. It is new because now we can actually keep it. In the old, they were commanded to walk, but they had no legs. In the new, we are commanded to fly, but now we have wings. If Orthodox Christians seek to practice true religion, then we also must recognize the inherent danger of becoming pharisaical of keeping the rules without paying attention to the inner disposition. You know, we believe, we truly deeply believe, that we are to become holy. Not just on paper, but really holy, sanctified, perfected. That's a dangerous belief. A very dangerous belief, but it's true, so we have to believe it. We're not going to give it up just because it's dangerous. The alternative is to dispense with religion and just go in for spirituality, free love and cheap grace. And I suppose that all of us here have already rejected that option or else we wouldn't be here this morning. So what are we going to do? How do we ensure that we are practicing good and true religion? The kind of religion that's pleasing to God and that will lead us to our perfection. Well, as I already said, we do what the church tells us to do. We're obedient in all things. And we pay very close attention to our hearts. One form that we have been given which helps us to do this is confession. To prepare well, to prepare carefully, and go to confession regularly. This is a great tool that we have. An opportunity to help us in this pursuit of true and godly religion. But in our gospel this morning, Jesus gives a way to make sure that we are practicing his true religion, when he says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Notice several things about this. First, Jesus is concerned about the interior disposition of the heart, which devalues your sacrificial obligation. Secondly, the danger here is in the realm of a relationship. The problem, problems that we face and that need to be solved are not just with us as individuals, but are with our relationships, the quality of our relationships with our brethren. Thirdly, his solution, the fix to the problem between the relationship, no way expunges the religious duty to offer sacrifice. In fact, you pay careful attention, he gives him something more to do. (laughs) He gives him something to do in order to fix the problem. On top of the sacrificial obligation, that is, go to your brother and do what you need to do in order to reconcile so that your sacrificial obligation is effective, pure, and acceptable. All that being said, I was prompted with these thoughts by our epistle reading today. 
And it is my prayer for myself and all of us that God would help us to pay more special attention to our attitudes, towards our inward disposition, towards one another. If we are quick to anger, critical, judgmental, resentful, if we assume the worst of people, if we are impatient, unkind, harsh, lacking in compassion, self-centered, we're not practicing true religion. We need to give special attention to these things. We must seek peace, peace, and unity with one another. So I want to conclude this morning by rereading to you our brief epistle lesson. Please listen carefully and take it to heart. St. Peter says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing, for he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.